Blaze Radio Network. And now, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. Well, here we go again. Yet another newly discovered space rock, according to this, will safely zip past Earth. Uh Uh-huh. It's going to sweep by at about half the Earth to Moon distance. So between the Moon and the Earth. (laughs) And the Moon and New York City. Yeah, I got the joke. So according to this, the asteroid labeled 2023DZ2 is part of the Apollo family of asteroids. I love the Apollo family of asteroids. Uh, current estimates put the 2023DZ2 size at about 210 feet. That's pretty good size. Uh, you can quote me on that. <laughs> So keep your head up because this is supposed to zip past Earth on March 25th. So if you're listening live today, today is the 20th of March. Oh my gosh, it's the first day of spring. Uh, the 20th of March, 2023. So well, it's a good way to start spring is have this 200-foot rock smash into Earth. Now it's not going to smash into Earth. It's going to zip safely past Earth, but you'll be able to see it. Okay, so astronomers are already on it. They discovered the asteroid late last month. So we got plenty of time to get out of the way. <laughs> if, it actually, uh, if it actually was going to hit the Earth. And, you know, I mean, we've quoted the documentary Armageddon many times on this show. But it's a big-ass sky, and we know that. So that's why we may not have seen it coming in time. But just keep your head on a swivel and make sure you know, coming up on the 25th of March, five days from this date, the 20th, that uh, 2023 DZ2 is supposed to zip safely past Earth between the moon and the Earth. That is really close. (laughs) That is really, really close. I know that it's a near-Earth object, and even nearer than usual, (laughs) since it's coming between the moon and Earth. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so this space rock is traveling at uh, 17,426 miles per hour. And uh, you'll be able to see it on the 25th. It's supposed to fly by sometime in the afternoon on the 25th. They claim that uh, it's looking like 3.52 p.m. Eastern on March 25th. So keep your head up. Welcome. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. All right, well, we've got animals in the news today. Uh, We have uh, top dog news. According to the American Kennel Club, the Labrador Retriever was America's favorite dog, but no longer. Uh, The rankings, based on nearly 716,500 dogs newly registered in 2022, of which about one in seven were the French Bulldogs. So around 108,000 French Bulldogs were recorded in the U.S. in 2022. 
surpassing Labrador Retrievers by over 21,000. Pretty incredible. Uh, that's, uh, you know, that's pretty good for, for the old Frenchy Bulldog. Although, uh, the French Bulldog suffers from serious health problems. So we're gonna, if you want to be a, <laughs> uh, if you want to be an animal doc, now's the time to get into it because people are getting dogs that are going to need docs, uh, in a few years. Now the top, top dogs, uh, in this year, uh, Labrador Retriever is number two still. Uh, of course, as I said, losing to the French Bulldogs by 21,000. Number, number 10, though. I'll, I'll do it 10 to, 10 to 2, because you already know 1 and 2, right? French Bulldog and Labrador Retrievers. Uh, number 10 is the German Short-Haired Pointers. Number 9 is the Dashhounds. Number 8, the Beagles. Number 7, the Rottweilers. Number 6, the Bulldogs. Number 5, the Poodles. Number four, the German Shepherd Dogs. And number three are the Golden Retrievers. Then you have, of course, as we already stated, the Labrador Retrievers and the French Bulldogs. Those are your most popular breeds from 2022. So congratulations to the little little Frenchie. And I know, isn't that the kind of dog Gaga had? Yes, it is. Isn't that the kind of dog uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, Megan Thee Stallion, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, French... AOC has a French bull... Oh, my gosh. Reese Witherspoon? Yes, okay. They all have French bulldogs, so everybody wants to be like them. I do not, however. <laughs> I do not. But congratulations to the French bulldog for coming in at number one. We also got the list for best zoos in America. Yes, no one supports zoos more than this show and me, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. I am a huge fan of zoos. It's a good place for humans to keep animals. Uh, they have the top 10 zoos in America. So if you haven't had have an opportunity to be, have gone to any of these zoos, you're living large. Uh, coming in at number 10, the Indianapolis Zoo in Indianapolis, Indiana. Number nine is the Columbus Zoo and Aquarium in Powell, Ohio. You know, obviously, that's just outside of Columbus. Uh, number eight, St. Louis Zoo. That's in St. Louis, Missouri. Number seven, the Audubon Zoo in New Orleans, Louisiana. Uh, number six is Zoo Tampa at Lowry Park. That should be ranked higher. Uh, Lowry Park Zoo is a tremendous zoo. But uh, Zoo Tampa at Lowry Park. Tampa, Florida, number six. Uh, love that zoo. Number five, Brookfield Zoo, Brookfield, Illinois. Uh, wow, I've never been to the Brookfield Zoo in Brookfield, Illinois. Good for them. Uh, number four, Cheyenne Mountain Zoo in Colorado Springs, Colorado. I've never been to this zoo either. I'm starting to lose my grip on zoos. What's going on? Uh, number three, the Brevard Zoo in Melbourne, Florida. Nice zoo, home to more than 900 animals and an AZA accredited. <laughs> you don't want to mess uh, with zoos if they're not AZA accredited. Number two, uh, wow, number two in Ohio as well. Uh, Cincinnati Zoo and Botanical Gardens in Cincinnati, Ohio. So we got Cincinnati and Columbus coming out of the great state of Ohio. And we have the Brevard Zoo and Lowry Park Zoo. I'm sorry, Zoo Tampa at Lowry Park. Uh, in Florida. So we have two in Florida, two in Ohio. And then coming in at number one, uh, the top zoo in America, 
Omaha's Henry Dorley Zoo and Aquarium in Omaha, Nebraska. Uh, that's a big zoo, and it's really nice, too. It's really pretty. Uh, they got a, a lot of really cool stuff there. So if you have an opportunity to see any of those zoos, you'd be sure to get there. I know uh, the Woodland Park Zoo this weekend uh, just had a huge to-do because they had their zoo-do event where they make uh, compost uh, available made from animal feces from the zoo's non-primate herbivores. Oh, okay. So uh, you can order it. Now they order, they do it around the, around, uh, all year, but of course this was, we're coming up on the first part of spring. So Woodland Park, uh, in, uh, Washington, uh, the bulk zoo do available to pick up. You had to pay for it first, right? So you had to book a pickup, pay with a credit card. Then they gave you, they told you where to go to pick it up. 25 gallons for 15 bucks. <laughs> or you could get a large truckload, about 550 gallons of zoo do for 120 bucks. Limited supplies of zoo do or worm do are available year round in one pint. Oh, they rip you off at the one pint containers at the zoo stores. Uh, one pint of zoo do, uh, if it's not a zoo do weekend, six ninety five. No, thank you. <laughs> so keep an eye out. You can go to uh, zoo.org. And figured out. I did go to zoo.org uh, to their website and uh, looked around trying to find out, you know, the process where they made it. They let you know how it's made. And uh, they also have a land acknowledgement on their website. And their land acknowledgement is Woodland Park Zoo recognizes that these lands are the tribal signatories of the Treaty of Point Elliot. We acknowledge their stewardship of this place continues to this day and that it is our responsibility to join them to restore the relationship with the living world around us. So that's a really, really cool thing, isn't it? <laughs> okay, yeah, no problem. And congratulations to uh, Houston as their zoo has some new baby turtles uh, because uh, Mr. Pickles is the oldest animal at the Houston Zoo, but he also took care of a little Mr. Pickle business uh, with Miss Pickle. Uh, he's a 90-year-old radiated tortoise, and his companion, Mrs. Pickles, uh, laid burrowed three surprise eggs at the end of a workday. So they had they took care of some turtle business. Uh, nobody nobody knew it happened, and then she went off and laid her eggs. And the Houston employee was leaving and said, "Hey." Uh, she just laid some of her turtle eggs. So they picked them up and they got them to the reptile and amphibian house for monitoring until they hatched. They were concerned that they wouldn't hatch if they left them where she buried them. I would say that maybe Mrs. Pickles knew what she was doing. Uh, let the old turtle take care of her own little kids. Okay. <laughs> but they're born now and, uh, they have new, they have three new tortoises, uh, aptly named Dill gherkin and jalapenos so congratulations to the uh to the pickles family as they have brand new babies dill gherkin and jalapeno and if you live in new york you might want to get to the old brooklyn zoo quick to see the elephants because they just introduced a bill uh, that would ban elephant captivity citywide by requiring the animals to have habitats of at least 15 acres, which ain't going to happen in New York and especially at the Bronx Zoo. So, and it would also prohibit elephants from being bred, rode on, 
used for educational or commercial exhibitions, or made to do labor. <laughs> now, none of that is happening, but they're going to make it illegal. So they're on top of it as the, at the, in New York. Uh, Councilwoman uh, Shahana Hanif uh, is taking care of all that for you. So anyway, if they've got two elephants at the Bronx Zoo, Happy and Patty, and they each have an acre to themselves, and so I would get there soon, because Councilwoman Shahana Hanif uh, wants to ban elephants. I don't know what happens to them when they ban them. I guess they move them down to Florida and uh, they live out their life down there uh, in uh, Polk County, Florida. But I, I think, like, I don't know. I think that's where old elephants go to die is Polk County, Florida. All right, let's go to the break room. I need something cold to drink desperately. <laughs> Be sure to follow me on uh, my social media accounts uh, at JeffyJFR on Twitter. Facebook and Instagram is Jeff Fisher Radio. You can uh, follow, order a cameo from me at JeffyJFR. Uh, my pimps cameo will uh, make that happen. They'll alert me when you order one. That's not free. And I'll be happy to do a cameo for you. Happy, sad, glad, uh, mean, mad, whatever you'd like. That's, that's what I'm there for. You just order it from my pimp, Cameo, and uh, then I just do what you order. I'm sure that Cameo loves being considered uh, my pimp, but that's what they are. Uh, you can always email the show, chewingthefatattheblaze.com. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, it is the first day of spring. Amazing. I can't believe it already. March 20th, 2023, for those of you listening live, uh, the 20th of March 2023, the first day of spring. And that runs through June 21st, 2023. Uh, you can always, as I said, email the show, chewingthefatattheblaze.com. Like this email from Larry, who said, uh, hey, it's been a while since I've mailed you, but uh, your last Friday show brought up a point. And this is Sunday, March 19th, if you're reading live. <laughs> I spend every Sunday binge listening to the prior week's Chewing the Fat. Thank you. That's one way to listen to the shows. I appreciate it. The part about the mad monkey in Oklahoma made me think that it was uh, happening in Oklahoma. It could have been an adolescent Sasquatch and not a chimp at all. That's a good point. You know, I didn't mention that. And uh, it's very possible that this could have been, this could have been a, a little Bigfoot. Uh, so uh, he wants me to think about it the next thing about being in oklahoma is whether the guy who popped a cap in its ass <laughs> had it mounted for display i don't know they had to send it for testing so i mean if you're going to send it for testing you got to ask you know don't don't cut it up too bad and get it back and hopefully you can get the right taxidermist to you know hook you up and make it look like it looked like it wasn't cut up. It didn't go through an autopsy or a necropsy. I got it. It's an animal. <laughs> uh, so, and he is saying here in this email that wouldn't it be funny, and, and I don't think it would be funny at all, uh, but wouldn't it be funny if after testing it turned out to be a meth monkey? Yeah, wouldn't it be funny? No, it wouldn't be funny at all. No, we don't want animals all hooked on drugs. <laughs> you don't want a monkey... With a monkey on its back. <laughs> in fact, that could be the next movie, 
right? I mean, we've had cocaine bear. We know we've got meth gators. Uh, at least they've promoted that uh, meth gator is going to come out. I don't even know if it's in production yet. Uh, I don't know that we're going to have any movie specific on cocaine hippos, but meth monkeys would be a good movie. <laughs> meth monkey. A monkey with a monkey on its back. I like oxy monkeys, baby. Uh, maybe better. Fentanyl monkeys. Uh, fentanyl monkeys doesn't really work. Oxy monkeys. They're looking for a fix and they won't take no for an answer. So that'd be, that could be on Netflix next week. <laughs> looking for a fix and they won't take no for an answer. Speaking of new movies, though, I see where it's announced. And I, I'm, I'm going to say that this is true, but I don't know it to be absolutely true. I've seen one report where Denzel Washington, who I love. Uh, why don't you marry him, Jeff? I would if I could. Uh, Denzel is going to be in the movie Gladiator 2. I love the first gladiator. In fact, I mean, because of that, I named my youngest son Maximus. Love it. Uh, I'm, I'm a huge fan of gladiator. And now they're saying that gladiator two, Denzel is going to be in it. So let's get to it. Obviously Russell, Russell Crowe, that is, cannot be in it at least as a, I guess he could be a, he could be a ghost and he could narrate it as uh, as what transpires after his death but i mean he actually i don't want to spoil the movie for you but he dies at the end <laughs> the movie is i don't know 23 years old now 22 years old something like that so he dies at the end i know i know it's sad but he does die at the end <laughs> <laughs> oh man and i read a story about jeremy renner this weekend where they're talking about he's thinking about retiring and not acting at all anymore i thought he had the he was promoting saying he was coming back and ready to do his disney plus show now obviously you know it's going to be a long haul for him and rehab is uh, a slow and tedious process but they're showing him, they showed a video of him on a bike. You know, he's spinning his leg on the bike. But the thing that the thing that kind of threw me in this story over the weekend is, yeah, he talked about how he broke 30 bones in his body and he was run over by the snowplow. We all know that. And he had blunt chest trauma and orthopedic injuries. We know that. And it, and it says here that the actor is learning to walk again with help of a rehabilitation therapy. And yeah, we know that. But it also talks about the possibility of him actually losing his leg in this crash, in this accident. And so I don't know if that's, they have not acknowledged that. They've talked about, they've showed him riding a bike only. You only see one leg. I don't know that it matters. And it, I mean, it doesn't matter to me. I, li I like Jeremy's work. And if he has to work with a, with a fake leg, so... But that might actually be true where he comes out finally at the end of rehab or close to the end of rehab and says, yep, I had to have my leg amputated and here I am with my prosthetic leg, just like, you know, millions of other people in the world. And I'm still Jeremy Renner and I don't want you to feel sorry for me. And this is where I'm going. So, okay. Uh, you know, he's got that. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. He. It's being reported that he has... 
uh, still loves acting, but it's just not a priority for him anymore. Yeah, well, it's not a priority now, that's for sure. And he believes that he survived the accident so that he can use his platform to really create change in the world. He's very proud of the work that he's done, but this entire situation has really shown him that there is so much more that he could be doing to help others. Yeah, but you are helping others by creating great content on uh, whatever video, audio, medium you're using. I mean, let's go. I got to have season three of Mayor of Kingstown, okay? Uh, I know season two is over, but uh, I expect season three to be happening, Jeremy. I don't care about your little Hawkeye stuff in the universe (laughs) or your little Disney Plus show. What I'm talking about is Mayor of Kingstown, okay? Let's make that clear right now. Another thing, I've got to reach out to James Webb of Jimmy's World on YouTube. If you know James, uh, let him know. Jeff Fisher, Chewing the Fat, would love to talk to him. I'm going to reach out to him. He is the person who purchased the Elvis airplane. I think it's so cool. He's storing it in Plant City, Florida right now. He does his Jimmy's World on YouTube. He bought it for 234 thousand dollars okay it's been sitting in the mexico desert for 40 years we talked about it when it was going up for auction so i mean it's really cool it's a 1962 lockheed jet star it was one of elvis's planes sat in the desert for 40 years he he claims he's going to convert the plane into an rv and tour the country and raise funds for charity how cool is that i mean it is awesome Now, he bought it at auction January 8th, which is, hello, would have been Elvis Presley's 88th birthday. And uh, the Presley bought the jet, seats up to nine, in 1976 for $840,000. It was one of several jets in his personal fleet. Two of them are currently being displayed at Graceland. Okay. So, I love the whole idea. The interior was pretty clean for the most part. I mean, it was sitting in a desert, hello. But uh, the swiveling, soft-covered velvet, red velvet seats, sweet. Uh, The television on the walls, the microwave toward the back of the plane. I mean, hello. In 1976, that was something. I know it's it's nothing now, but it is something. It's still something because the king, the king, man, Elvis, had this plane. It was his, man. He sat in it. He flew in it. This is his deal. I can't wait to uh, reach out and talk to James about his uh, plans for the plane and how the how the transformation is coming. I know he documents it on his YouTube page, Jimmy's World. So be sure to subscribe and follow him on that. I can't wait to reach out and try to talk to him. I love this idea. And he doesn't have a name yet. So maybe we can uh, maybe we can come up with an idea for a name for the for the plane, the RV uh, traveling the countryside. <laughs> I freaking love this idea. So there you go. You can email me chewing the fat at the blaze.com. And uh, we'll try to uh, get a name for the Elvis Airplane RV for Jimmy's World. Well, who died today? Who died today? We must say rest in peace 
to Lance Reddick. TV movie star Lance Reddick. Dead at the age of 60. You probably remember him from The Wire. From Fringe. From... I remember I, he was great in Bosch on Amazon Prime. He was also uh, part of the John Wick series. Uh, very sad. Uh, he was found uh, in his dwelling of natural causes. So don't look at me like that. Don't do it. Don't look at me like that. I know what you're thinking. And, uh, you know, he was he's dead at the age of 60. And he died of natural causes. Okay? So... That is just the way it is, and please respect the family's privacy at this time. Okay? So, <laughs> uh, back off. <laughs> Very sad, though. I loved him. I, I was trying, when I got the news that Lance had passed away, I was trying to think if there's anything that he's ever been in that I haven't enjoyed. And I couldn't think of one. I, I couldn't think of, of any of the shows that he's been a part of that I didn't enjoy. So it's very sad that Lance uh, has uh, passed away. Lance Reddick uh, at the age of 60. Rest in peace. Then we have uh, the Australian actor Peter Hardy. And uh, you may know him from uh, you know episodes of Neighbors and McLeod's Daughters. He died in uh, Western Australia on a Western Australian beach where the, another man drowned at the same beach uh, about a week or so ago. Uh, he died apparently apparently, from a snorkeling accident. So don't look at me like, oh, another one from Australia. No, we don't know that. Okay, what we know is that it's an apparent snorkeling accident. He was 66. So rest in peace, party, and don't be looking at me like that. Oh, snorkeling, Uh uh-huh. I know. I know, but that's, that's what they said. We also had a Bruce Willis sighting this weekend, and it was a sighting created from his family, so they can't be mad at anyone. Uh, they were all there, uh, gathered, celebrating Bruce's 68th birthday. And they sang happy birthday to him, and he was there, and he blew out the candles, and the family cheered, and Bruce looked, uh, Bruce looked uh, okay. I mean, he's Bruce Willis, first of all. I mean, I love Bruce Willis. But, and I love the scarf he was wearing. I actually do love the scarf he was wearing. <laughs> Looks really comfortable and really nice. And it's probably only about, I don't know, three to $5,000 scarf. But it's really nice. And I will say this. Uh, Bruce, uh, who is happy and smiling, uh, appears to not have uh, a one tooth in his mouth. Uh, there seems to be a tooth missing. Okay, here's the deal. Family. I know that Bruce is struggling with his uh, mental disease. And he's really having a, you know, a tough time and forgetting where he is and that kind of thing. And he often, uh, you know, has uh, speaking difficulties and there's no known cure. I got it. He's got frontotemporal dementia. I got it. But maybe you make sure that when you're having a birthday party with Bruce Willis, the man himself, you make sure he's got the cap in. Okay. It's just me. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe in his mental state, he doesn't want the cap in his mouth and you just leave him alone because he's still Bruce Willis and who cares? Uh, you know, it's fine. But it's not really fine because I don't want to see him without uh, with, the, with the missing tooth in his mouth. Okay? So happy birthday, Bruce. Uh, congratulations on making it to 68. We all love you. But put the tooth in your mouth, okay? Please. 
I see where Oprah offloaded one of her, uh, you know, little pieces of property. Uh, I think we talked about it when she put it up for sale. She had a piece of property on her 66 acres there in Montecito, her promised land, her where her 23,000 square foot Georgian main residence and guest cottage are. But the she had a place that she put up for sale for $14.3 million and it sold to Rawson Marshall Thurber, director of the Netflix movie uh, Red Notice and uh, the upcoming Paramount Plus Dungeons and Dragon series. He bought the uh, he bought the place. It's a it's a modest ranch style home, it, and it really is. It measures over just three thousand square feet. I mean that's that's nothing. Uh, contains four bedrooms and four bathrooms, and sits on a little more than five and a half acres. Uh, it's got a manicured lawn, swimming pool, tennis court. Home interiors are not publicly available. Most of the property is amply enveloped by tall hedges and trees. Yeah, hello, that's what it has to be. I know Ellen and Ariana have a place there, but uh, Winfrey paid seven million for the for the estate in two thousand five, and now she sold it. You know, fourteen point five million dollars to a director. So she's just offloading. She must need a little cash. I guess she probably had some money in the Silicon Valley Bank and uh, needed a little extra cash. I don't know that though. I'm just guessing. Just guessing. I see where Palm Beach just offloaded another place. This billionaire Peter Brandt uh, listed his historic Palm Beach mansion for $28 million. The Buttonwood Mansion. Okay, so this was the original Palm Beach hoity-toity house. Okay, so it's one of the oldest homes in Palm Beach. Peter Brandt, the publishing magnate, and his wife, former supermodel Stephanie Seymour, listed it for $28 million. Five-bedroom, five-bathroom, known as Buttonwood, as I called it. Built around 1904. Found it fascinating about this house. It's a 7,200-square-foot home. Library, sunroom, balcony, wood-burning fireplace. But it's been moved twice. Uh, that's pretty amazing. So it uh, sits on a half-acre compound. Uh, it's also a smaller four-bedroom guest house and a pool. Well, I mean, you can't have a place on Palm Beach without a guest house because people are going to come and visit, and you don't want them to stay in the main house with you. <laughs> uh, sure, you can come and visit and uh, you know take a walk on the beach, but you can't stay with me, and I don't want you swimming in my pool. Okay, so you stay back there. And you swim in that pool. <laughs> and when you walk by, I'll let you know if you're invited to dinner or not. Okay? <laughs> but it's been moved twice. The first time they moved it, they moved it with logs. So, I mean, they put the big four logs underneath it and rolled it to a new place. <laughs> and uh, then they moved it to another site in 1925 to avoid demolition. So it's been moved a couple of times. I don't know if it's worth, I don't know if it's worth 28 million, but somebody certainly will think it is. So the Buttonwood Mansion uh, for sale on uh, uh, Palm Beach. Maybe you want to move it too. Maybe you want to jack it up and throw some logs underneath it and roll it 10 feet the other way. You can do that if you spend 28 million on the dump, okay? <laughs>
So not only are we having all kinds of uh, fun as far as the spring breakers going crazy in Florida, we've seen the videos of spring breakers uh, fighting, there's been gunshots, there's been gun wounds, I think we even had a death of one spring breaker at a shootout, but I see where Def Leppard drummer Rick Allen was attacked outside of his Four Seasons Hotel in North Fort Lauderdale. Uh, apparently this 19-year-old Max Edward Hartley of Ohio, <laughs> or state in the union, on a charge, he's been arrested, on a charge of abuse of an elderly or a disabled adult without great harm. Without great harm. Okay, well, first of all, uh, first of all, uh, Rick is 59. I don't know, I guess that's an elderly, but... <laughs> Uh, for 59-year-olds out there, uh, I don't think you feel elderly, but maybe under the law you are. He also has one arm because one arm was amputated back in 1985 following a uh, New Year's Eve car accident, right? And he taught himself how to drum with his feet and his arm. I mean, that's still touring with Def Leppard. So he went outside the hotel to smoke a cigarette in the valet area. No smoking in the hotel, obviously. And uh, so they have a smoking area. You got to go outside. All right. So he goes outside to have a cigarette. And this Hartley was hiding behind a pole. Takes off at a full run. As my man Rick is catching a, catching a smoke outside the hotel. And runs into him and has him fall to the ground causing injury. A woman sees it going on. Comes out to help. Hartley, and the guy attacked her and knocked her to the ground. So, okay. He continued to hit the lady while she was on the ground, and when she tried to escape by running into the hotel, he grabbed her by the hair, dragged her out of the lobby, and back down the sidewalk. <laughs> and then he fled. Uh, he was taken into custody by officers after he was found damaging numerous vehicles in a nearby parking garage. So he was still all wound up and uh, wound up on something, ready to do some damage to anything. I mean, he was in town because the band uh, with Motley Crue and Def Leppard are touring, and they were going to play at uh, the Seminole Hard Rock Casino. I don't know if he showed up and played. He probably did. He's with Def Leppard and Motley Crue. Hell yeah. We're going to show up. Who do you think you are? You're not messing with me. I don't know that. <laughs> I don't know what happened after the show. But it's sad. The guy can't even come out and catch a smoke. Pretty sad. So I hope everything is okay with Rick. All right, well, I've got some Royals news uh, to uh, to get to today. Uh, some interesting Royals news. I see where King Charles, and I know they keep calling him King, but the coronation has not happened yet. So the would-be King, Chuck, uh, has reportedly asked that uh, the changing of the guard, you guys need to tone it down a little bit. <laughs> that is awesome. Uh, apparently, uh, they're a little too loud and they are distracting him from state business within Clarence house. So that's his and queen Camilla's home. She's not the queen yet either. Okay. Back off Camilla. <laughs> anyway, I guess there was a memo leaked that, uh, his majesty remarked the other day, how loud the outgoing sentries were at St. James palace in the morning. And so could you please tone it down a little bit? On a vault, a little bit of volume control. <laughs> uh, they should do it, do it at a slightly lower volume. Okay. <laughs> uh, they haven't moved. Uh, I thought uh, Charlie and uh, the wife hadn't moved into Buckingham Palace yet. 
but apparently they're at least staying there or they're there early. And so that morning changing of the guards is a little bit too loud for Chuck and Camilla. We still don't know if Harry and Meghan or just Harry or Harry, Meghan and the kids are going to go to the coronation. Apparently the kids aren't invited. So just Harry and Meghan are invited to the actual coronation. We do know that Harry and Meghan have uh, sent a list of demands. They want to mention, they want the kids mentioned uh, as part of the coronation. It's also Archie's birthday. They want that to be mentioned. And I think that they're asking to be on the on the terrace with the family. That's not going to happen. No way are they standing on the terrace. Plus, if they want to be with the royal family, I mean, there's nothing. The royal family can't say anything because whatever they say is going to be turned against them. It's going to be ugly. Now, it will be different if Harry goes by himself, and I do recommend that. I recommend Harry goes by himself, leaves Meghan and the kids back in California, and just goes and they can try to deprogram him a little bit from the Meghan ball and chain. <laughs> Because that needs to end, man. She, no way she can, there's no way those demands cannot be met. I know, I know the king wants to have them there and it's a big deal for the coronation. It's something he's wanted for his entire life and it's finally arrived. But to have that nightmare there is just a huge, huge mistake. And Prince uh, Harry and Meghan are not really uh, who they used to be. You know, they came to the U.S. as, uh, you know, this royalty and everybody wanted to be with them. But I just saw where they had the big Oscar party with Elton's uh, AIDS Foundation Academy Awards viewing party. Elton John. Elton John. He sang at their wedding. He loves them. He loved loved Harry's mom. Uh, They were not invited. Or at least they didn't show up. As far as we know, I don't know if they were invited. We just know that they weren't there. And that's a big-time A-lister party. (laughs) And to have Meghan and Harry not there at Elton's Academy Awards viewing party, that's an issue. That means that they are on the down low of Hollywood A-listers. In fact, they may not even be listers anymore. I mean, maybe they go to B. Maybe they've moved to C. I don't know if they've dropped down to C yet. But they for sure aren't A-listers. And so, because nobody wants to be around them, they're afraid they're going to be in their podcasts and in their documentaries on Netflix, and especially the Royals, man. Holy cow. They are torn apart because of her. And well, and him. Uh, It's fair to say both of them. But I think Harry has been uh, hoodwinked into the Meghan cult. And so they need to, William needs to get Harry alone, man, and straighten that out. Now, that needs to be over with soon. <laughs> then I also see that the government uh, has created, the UK government, has created uh, a King Charles coronation playlist. So if you're looking to celebrate the coronation uh, about King Charles, and I'm sure, who isn't? Uh, really, who isn't? They have 27 uh, track catalog. The coronation hits uh, coming at you. Uh, Come Together by the Beatles, Daddy Cool, A Sky Full of Stars by Coldplay, David Bowie's Let's Dance Celestial by Ed Sheeran, Elton John, One Day Like This, Mr. Blue Sky, ELO, Starry Eyed, oh, come on, uh, Starlight, although that's a good song, Starry Dance All Over Me, 
Slave to the Rhythm. Yeah, Grace Jones. That's a coronation song there. Treat People with Kindness, Harry Styles. Running Up That Hill, Kate Bush. Our House for Madness. <laughs> That's a Beautiful Day. Michael Bublé. All Over the World. Pet Shop Boys. Queens, We Are the Champion. People Get Ready. Jeff Beck and Rod Stewart. Spaceman, Sam Ryder. A Spandau Ballet, Gold. Wow. Say You'll Be There, Spice Girls. Shine, Waterloo Sunset, I'm Gonna Be by the Proclaimers. Okay. Love Rain Army, The Who, Green Green Grass, A Home, Tom Jones. Gotta have some Tom Jones in there. And uh, King, Years and Years. So there's your playlist for The King. <laughs> a 27 song parlay. Oh, wait, it's called the catalog. It's not a bat. What are we talking about? <laughs> so there's some songs you can listen to. to Go ahead and celebrate the coronation of King Chuck. And I'm going to leave you with a be thankful thought for the day. Okay, this is something to be thankful for. And I want you to take this with you and remember this every day. You ready? Be thankful that thought bubbles do not appear above your head. I know. I know. I saw that this weekend and I thought that is something to be thankful for, for real. No one. <laughs> now there's many of us that say a lot of things that come to our mind uh, when they come to our mind. And sometimes that's good. Most of the time that's bad. But just be thankful that those thought bubbles do not appear above your head every day, 24-7. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.